Open it. Afraid I can't do that. I didn't hear you? Yes, you did. What's going on? Looks like we got a vigilante in our midst. Shoot him in the face. I hate to shatter your ego, but this ain't the first time I've had a gun pointed at me. You don't take your fucking end off that case, it'll be your last. Stop causing problems! You'll get us all killed. Give him what you got and get him out of here. Shut the fuck up, fat man. This ain't none of your goddamn business. Be cool, honey bunny. Be cool. No problem. I got it under control. Now, I'm gonna count to three. If you don't open that case, I'm gonna unload in your fucking face. We clear? One. Two. Three. Okay, Ringo. You win. It's yours. Open it. Wait, what is it? What is it? Is that what I think it is? Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. God damn it, what is it? Time has come. Catherine Bigelow! This and some of the other nice things that have happened to me in the last couple of days may turn me into some sort of hopeful optimist and ruin my whole life. Spoil? I remember quite clearly, it was 1946, and I was four years old, my mother took me to see King Vidor's Duel in the Sun. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it! My life has value! Babel, Alejandro González Iñárritu. Uh, I'm a man. Well, nobody's perfect. Al film italiano Deserto Rosso di Michelangelo. It's just that all men are sure it never happened to them, and most women at one time or another have done it, so you do the math. Three artists in the presentation of the Palm Door. Adele, Leia, and Abdel, Afid, Kenshin. And all of them, here in Greece, want their lives. I'm going to give them! Let go! Let go! Let go! Let go! Be cool. Be cool, honey, Say bitch, be, be cool. Say this, be cool. Tell that fucking bitch to chill. Be cool. Chill that fucking bitch out. Chill out, honey, buddy. Chill. Chill out, honey, buddy. All right, now tell her it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Promise her. I promise. Tell her to chill. Just chill out, honey, buddy. All right, now tell me your name. Yolanda. Right, now Yolanda. We're not going to do anything stupid, are we? Don't you hurt him. Nobody's going to hurt anybody. We're all going to be like three little Fonzies here. And what's Fonzie like? Come on, Yolanda, what's Fonzie like? It's cool. What? Cool. Correct the mundo. And that's what we're going to be. We're going to be cool. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's me here, and you're listening to the Thermotomy Podcast. Um, joining me today to discuss um, the 1994 Oscars, um, we've got Robin. Hello, everybody. Did you manage to uh, escape from Shawshank to join us? I did, yeah. Um, I, I sat and watched some of the clips with Uma and Oprah, so that was nice. Uh, yes, yeah. I, I almost thought about doing, like, Robin, Jeremy, but Don't it's go. not really got the same ring to it. And joining us for the first time ever, it's Jeremy. Hi. Hello. Uh, thanks for having me today. 
I'm excited. So the um, so it's the 67th Academy Awards, uh, which was held on the 27th of March in 1995. Uh, our host was David Letterman, um, which uh, apparently before David Letterman was sort of um, you know chosen to, to host Oscars, they they did ask uh, Whoopi Goldberg back. I think she did she do the year previously. I yeah. believe. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Yeah, she did, yeah. Uh, but she said no, um, and because she had a, a, a clash with the filming schedule of hers. Uh, and she kind of said, I've done that, been there, got the T-shirt, you know, wasn't really <laughs> her, her thing, so she didn't come back. And then uh, they also asked Billy Crystal, who also declined. <laughs> so I think after everybody else, uh, David Letterman wasn't really doing anything that night. Uh, <laughs> said that he would he would join what did you think Robin um, I think it, it, it didn't go well but I think it's been mocked so much since I don't think it was as bad as um, Seth MacFarlane or no. even I forgot his name now Neil Patrick Harris oh, oh yeah, yeah So, but I think on paper David Letterman was a really good pick because he was in that business you know mm. daily uh, he was at the time he was like at the peak of his career. He knew all the you know Robin Williams. He was in with that crowd. This was a good gig for him, but it just seemed it just didn't fit. And for whatever reason, his jokes were flat. He brought some of his his show like the top ten thing. Some of his formats of the it did, didn't really work. Um, and it was a little bit about him as well. He looked very awkward on stage. I I don't know. It's just presence. It didn't seem like he had any presence. And it's a long time to, if you don't get it at the bite at the beginning, which he didn't, mm. to think, right, well, I've got, a, I've got three hours, I can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I did kind of like the taxi driver bit, where he was interviewing the New York oh, yeah, cabbies. That was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a nice little touch. That was funny, you yeah. know? I when, when, I, when I think of... Um, of David Letterman, like, I, I, I do, I did enjoy his late night show, and to me, he always felt like a bit of an an outsider, just the, the type of humor he always had, and I think it goes to your point, Robin, that uh, it, it was just sort of the type of humor he was used to that just didn't fit with kind of this big crowd of, of, um, of, of like the Hollywood elite. So I always saw him as a bit of an outsider. So I think he was kind of a, uh, a different choice for the Oscars. Mm. For that reason. You look at the audience as well. He's, he's, he's normal audience. You know, there'll be people that want to be on his show for years and laugh at his jokes. And it's like being in his own living room. Whereas this was like a bunch of actors and producers and 80% of which you didn't even know. Uh, it's different. It's just a different discourse altogether. I know Steve Martin, but it's like a sign of things to come because he would host, I think, like six years later. Uh, six years later, um, he's he. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but he had a better joke, something like, "I remember when I took this seventeen-year-old girl to to the cinema." Mm. Um, I, I remember that because it was the Lion King, you know, which was the least that year. So it was like a joke on the Hollywood dating young people, and it just, <laughs> I just thought you could make that joke today. And it would be as funny, although perhaps not as well received, but it would be relevant, you know. And he would have been funny. Maybe they could have got him a bit earlier. But 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I think it, but it is a hard job, though, hosting the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a hard it job hosting this podcast, so, uh, you know, I don't think I'm ready for the Oscars yet. We um, can edit this, though. That, that's live. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, that's true. You're doing a good job, though. Yeah, oh, you thanks. are. Of course you are. I think, I think when, I, when I hear you do that, I, I always think of the audience listening, glad to hear your voice. That's what I think. Uh, I'm, I think I consider myself the Taylor Swift of film Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. Uh, I'll Taylor, see what I Taylor did there. swiftly on, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's let's move on. Shall we do best picture first? This, yeah, uh, five the minutes. most the most controversial one, in your opinion, Robin. Yeah, and it was five. Well, I'll let Jeremy have a, have a go mm. crack at it. But I think the five, like I said about this this year, the films not much changed during the awards season from what I remember and what I've read. Um, I was following the Oscars then because I was a young nerd. But <laughs> those five that were in were like, there was no surprises. I think they were the five that everyone was expecting. There was no real, like, latecomers. There was no, like, like now we have a frontrunner, generally a frontrunner now won't win. But then the back then it was like, there was five films and they got nominated and I think there was no surprises. There's just a few things that happened behind the scenes with controversial stuff with like Kislovsky and Woody Allen, Four, four Weddings, Forrest Gump, Quiz Show, um, Shawshank Redemption, and Pulp Fiction. Yes, yes, and the the winner was Forrest Gump. Yeah. Um, how how do you feel, Jeremy? Do you think Forrest Gump should have won Best Picture? Um, I guess like looking back at it now, um. Probably, it's it's a tough. I, I would say probably not. Uh, just because I think for me it was like for me, but at the time, um, I think uh, I really grew up with Forrest Gump. Like I was, I was that age when when Forrest Gump came out, where it had a big impact on me, mm. and uh, I didn't really know much about the. Other nominees when it came out. When it came out, even though I did follow the Oscars, I was still at that young age where I couldn't really watch Pulp Fiction yet. <laughs> so, um, so it was, it was actually later when I I finally uh, saw the other nominees. Although I do I do believe I did watch Quiz Show, and I do actually like Quiz Show, which I think I kind of gets underrated a bit. I actually I know Robert Redford directed it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's probably, it's my personal favorite film that he's directed. So I just wanted to throw that in there. But I, I do think that um, probably of the nominees, I think Pulp Fiction for me was, was clearly the, the one that should have won. Out of all the nominees, I think personally Shawshank Redemption is the stronger picture. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as much as I love Pulp Fiction, I do think Shawshank Redemption is just wonderful and has always remained a favour of mine. And it, it's just beautiful to watch. The cinematography is beautiful. Everything about it, the music, the acting, that, you know, 
it, it just to me is a perfect picture. Uh, as much as I love pulp fiction, I don't really feel it has the same. It has a different type of watchability. Just no. You heard him. You die. Well, that seems to be the situation. But I don't want that, and you don't want that, and Ringo here definitely doesn't want that. So let's see what we can do. Now, here's the situation. Normally, both your assets would be dead as fucking fried chicken, but you happen to pull this shit while I'm in a transitional period, and I don't want to kill you. I want to help you. But I can't give you this case, because it don't belong to me. Besides, I've been through too much shit over this case this morning to just hand it over to your dumb ass. There's four films that I, I adore that came out this year, four films. One of them, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, is, is Leon. Mm. Um, but also um, Three Colors Red, which we'll also talk about. But um, Shawshank Redemption, yeah, and Pulp Fiction. Now, even it's easy to look back and say, oh, that shouldn't have won or that should have won. I don't think Forrest Gump as good as it to win six out of 13 nominations. And no. But what competition did it have when you look? Four weddings. Oh, yeah, that's the, a really odd choice. But it was it did really well. It made a it mm. made a shitload of money. Excuse my friend. Yeah. Oh. Fuck. Fuck. Oh. Fuck. Uh, and Hugh Grant and and the Americans loved it. You know. Um, yeah. But it didn't get a director nomination. Didn't get anything else. Hugh Grant. So that wasn't going to win. Quiz Show. Got a director nomination. It was Robert Redford. It was like Jeremy said. It was a little. It was well. It was like a. It was like a green book. You know, it's respected, mm. a well respected yeah. film. Well, nice cast, but didn't quite have that bite. You know, um, Shawshank didn't get a director nomination either. It actually wasn't very well received at first, but you know, a lot of films that we go back in history and look at some films that are classics now weren't liked when mm. they came out. You know, uh, I think Shawshank probably. Is a classic, and uh, maybe would win today. I think it would be a real contender. And Pulp Fiction, I don't think, I don't think Pulp Fiction was ever going to win. Not because it wasn't the best film, because I think it is the best of the five. Just, just for just for sheer energy. But mm. I just think they were ready to give a film that like that best picture. I'm not even sure it would win today. No, no, I don't think you're right. A Django, look at Django. He's still making those types of films. This yeah. is more. At the time, you think at the time when this came out, this was like, well, we haven't seen this before. I, I think they have a real problem with anything that is, you know, uh, is it R-rated, X-rated, anything that's, you know, a, uh, got lots of blood and swearing and violence in it. The, the Academy just it seemed to get turned off by that, unless it's, you know, for a more historical film, say, 12 Years a Slave or something. It's just something they, they don't like about excessive swearing I think it did yeah. well now I, yeah. they, they obviously loved it because of the nominations but I think mm. we always knew it would just be the nominations apart from the screenplay I think it's it's one of those films that I think is just uh, it was it was so beloved by critics um, because it's really like a film nerds type of movie because mm. he, he brings in all of these um, aspects like from the French New Wave and um, just like that B-movie type of uh, mentality that you remember in, like, old film noir type of films. And 
and structuring it in a way that just felt very new and energetic that I think people were kind of craving for at the time because you had a film like Forrest Gump, which kind of is the type of film that checks off all those boxes um, yeah. that that's more traditional. And then Pulp Fiction just felt like this wave of, of creativity and, and energy that that I think a lot of people were really gravitated to. The, the Forrest Gump is just, you know, the pick, you know, it's just so safe. And and I don't think that sort of film co- could really get made nowadays, actually. Hello. My name's Forrest. Forrest Gump. Do you want a chocolate? I could eat about a million and a half of these. My mom always said... Life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. I don't know. It's, the times have changed. Audiences aren't really comforted by that sort of stuff anymore. That's true. And and I think because it was, it was like the biggest movie of the year, like box office-wise, too. And it's so strange how things have changed. The fact that a movie like that, like, Despite what you may think of it, like, it is kind of a smaller movie, and uh, it, it also won Best Special Effects that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but you don't really notice the special effects that much. Like, it, it was kind of, like, groundbreaking at the time where you saw Forrest Gump shaking hands with John Ian and um, and uh, and all the presidents and, and putting him in all those different historical uh, times. Um, which, which I can't, which I kind of think is, is kind of cool about the movie is, is that the special effects are so ingrained with the actual story that, that it, it seems very seamless that way. So moving on, should we do director? Yeah. Robin, yeah. Over, over to you. Okay. Um, you got the envelope there. Let's have a look. Can you just have, can I have that please? Fair and woman. Um, <laughs> um, Really, really interesting. This, this obviously Medford was not nominated, as I mentioned. Uh, Zemeckis, Robert Zemeckis, was obviously nominated. Uh, who else was nominated? Uh, Quentin Tarantino for Pulp Fiction, and, and they were the only three that would also get a Best Picture nomination. Um, mm. I'll just quickly talk about Woody Allen and Christoph Kozlowski. One, one bad. Oh, if you if you must talk about Woody Allen. One bad, one good. I'll get Woody <laughs> Allen out of the way. The whole. At the time, the uh, Soon Yi, was it? So I think that, so. All that was, was happening. Um, but it seemed like the, and the box office was really bad for, for Bullets Over Broadway. I really like the film. I think it's really good. But it kind of did, didn't do very well. Nobody wanted to watch a Woody Allen film. But the Academy kind of loved it. And he got the Best Director nomination. Um, in spite of this, it was like the Academy would, like said yes. Uh, but, the, but the audiences said no. But I don't mm-hmm. think... Woody Allen was ever going to win, but it's strange that you know Four Weddings and Shawshank didn't get in because of this, and, and other films that might have got in as well, you know, for, for Best Director. Um, and the other one was Kozlowski, which was a different story. His film was not eligible to win the Best Foreign Language film, and it kind of kicked off a massive like campaign. 
you know, petitions to because it was. Well, he's the, the director's Polish. The the film's set in Switzerland and it's French. The actress in it is French. It's spot French people. So I think the Academy were a bit confused, like, oh, what, what is this film? Uh, and I know we laugh about it, but it's, it's really pathetic, you know, because that's what happened. And it was it was classed as the best foreign language film of the year. It's one of my favourite films of all time. Um, and you got a Best Director nomination, and it, it kind of helped, can't help think, well, you know, it was eligible for Best Picture and all the other things. Did they get behind it? Because I think it got cinematography as well. And original screenplay you know so for a foreign film to do that even back then you know so two really interesting stories there good and bad mm. Woody Allen obviously nothing's really changed with, with that moron Kieslowski it was also his last film he passed away shortly after he retired he was well loved real shame mm. Kieslowski made the best film of the year that year you know and yeah because of a bit of mix up oh is it Swiss is it and I've changed the rules since, you know. So those two directors, very interesting choices, but there's definitely a story behind behind them. Mm. I do, I do remember like the hoop dreams thing being a big a big issue because it was like I remember I used to watch like Siskel and Ebert, and that was like their number their Ebert's number one film of the year, mm. and there is a lot of backlash that it was not, it wasn't eligible for some reason. For, for being nominated for Best Documentary. Um, and and looking back at it now, like, Hoop Dreams is still a documentary people talk about, um, so it's kind of, like, unfathomable that it wasn't. Can I just go back that I, I have seen... I, I wanted to put in, like, I have seen Kieslowski's Red, and I, I would personally, like, that that would be my favorite film of, of the year had it been had it been nominated, too. And... and uh, that whole trilogy, the Three Colors trilogy, uh, what Kieslowski was able to do with that uh, is 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 great. So you were saying about Hoop Dreams and the, and the documentary. Uh, I don't I don't know about this, so I'm fascinated. What was the sort of controversy behind that? The team behind it were kind of like it was so well well received. They were like, oh well, this this couldn't be a best picture. Um, nominee. And I think like critics and people that seen it agreed, you know. Uh, uh, and then the kind of when that kind of backfired, like oh well, you know, you, they kind of passed it off as a as a gimmick. But I think they were like serious. I think they thought this is best picture. Why can't this like Three Colors Red? Why can't a, a film that's not an American fiction film um, be nominated for best picture? It still doesn't really happen now with with ten a lot. Documentaries definitely not, but. It was classed as like the like beyond a snub. It was like just completely. But the funny thing is, it got like a uh, best film editing nomination. That's right. Yeah. So it's almost like there's so much this year. There's so much like uh, consolations. You know, there shouldn't about be any rules or anything like that. It should have been eligible across the board, especially for documentary, which it would have won by a mile. So moving on to actor. Uh, obviously, Tom Hanks won uh, yeah, for, for Boris Gump. Do we? He should have won for that. I, I that's a hard choice because I do think he is really good as Forrest Gump. Like, I, I think mm. it it's become his his kind of signature role in a lot of ways. Like a lot of people might say other roles, but I think a lot of people still see him as Forrest Gump. 
like either that or like Woody the cowboy in the Toy Story movie. But <laughs> but I know John Travolta was really good in Pulp Fiction. But again, that was more of an ensemble film. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I never really saw John Travolta as like the lead actor in Pulp Fiction, even though he has a big part in it. Um, and and Morgan like Morgan Freeman is. I, I think the 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 standout performance in Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, so, but I, I think it's quite weird because I always associate him with being the supporting actor because it's not necessarily yeah. his story. That's true. Tim yeah, Robbins and, was as good probably as well. Yeah. I mean, considering I think Morgan Freeman had a bit more acting rep behind. Mm. I don't think Tim Robbins was classed as a as an actor then back then as so much, but. Yeah, I mean, on the back of the player as well, he, he was Tim Robbins was huge, and yeah. they didn't nominate him for this. It was his story. He was in pretty, pretty much every scene. Uh, two things about Madness of King George quickly. It it's a really good film, really funny. Um, Nigel Hawthorne didn't get the SAG nomination, which back then didn't mean as much. But I think um, he that, that film came on really late. You know, I think Helen Mirren got in as well. And I think he he give it a few more weeks down the line. I think he might have won. I think he was classed. He was everyone was everyone's favourite towards the end. And but. there was also Paul Newman for Nobody's Fall, which hmm. haven't seen. I don't know anyone. No, I I, I have actually seen it um, because I'm a huge Paul Newman fan. So I I try to see everything he's ever done. Um, so he. Uh, I think it's a it's a it's a good Paul Newman performance. It's like it's like a typical Paul Newman. He's playing what you would expect Paul Newman to be playing. Like this kind of he's like an old old man that kind of has uh, some words of wisdom to 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 give to, to people that live in his small town and um, uh, sort of like like Cool Hand Luke but older in a way. So I, I do, like I do remember seeing that film, and I really I do love Paul Newman just as a personal preference. So um, if he had won, I would not have like because I always think he should have should have more than one Oscar to his name. So I so he would be a sentimental favorite to me. I think. So moving on to best uh Jessica Lang. Uh, what is the film that she? Blue Sky. Scott, I haven't even heard of it. Nobody's seen it. Yeah, I remember. I remember at the time when it came, and she was the favourite. She was winning everything. Uh, there was also, you know, nominated was Jodie Foster for Nell, uh, Miranda Richardson for Tom and Viv, Winona Ryder for Little Women, and who was the last one? Probably Sarandon, is it? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So I don't know. It just—it doesn't really strike me as that that strongly a year for. Um, actresses. No, I mean, Bernardo Ryder's a very strange one. Mm. Um, Miranda Richardson is, was really good, but that film was so small. Susan Sarandon, back then, was like, everything she did was like, she turned to gold, and she was going to win eventually. She had to. I think people were saying she should have won for this, the client, because of, she was owed. She was owed it, you know, like, Glenn Close is mm. now. <laughs> I, I remember seeing the client, um, and it was the time when everyone was adapting John Grisham novels yeah. at the time. 
Though I do remember it being like one of the better John Grisham novels, and and I saw Little Women when I was a very little man. So well, it's like uh, you're all grown up and a little woman. Yeah, I'm still little, but yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, considering the the the, fi- the films that were in the best picture, they are very male dominated. Even I look at my personal lists of things that I would have. Um, Isabella Jenny was in Queen Margot. Kate Winslet potentially heavenly creatures. But mm. like foreign films, you know, Irene Jacob for Three Colors Red, Muriel's Wedding, Tony Collette. But these yeah. are not these are not performances that will get Oscar nominated. Natalie Portman, Leon, that mm. would have been a brilliant nomination. What a performance! But there's no way they're going to nominate her for that. No, no definitely, definitely yeah, not. I was struggling to find strong female roles from that year. Really oh, uh, when I, if I could throw in like Jennifer Jason Lee oh, yeah. for the. The Hudsucker Proxy, uh, uh, yes. which came out that year, which I think is a, a great comic performance from her. So I, that would have been neat to see. Yeah, mm. I was going to mention. Yeah, I love, I love her in that. Uh, she's like, she's like Catherine Hepburn basically, isn't she? Yeah, um, yeah. And she was in Mrs. Parker and the Vicious Circle as well, which which was getting some buzz. Best actress buzz for her, which she didn't get in. Do you think perhaps Uma Thurman should have been? Well, she was supporting once she. She was not yeah. really supporting her. I think I don't Although, think she was a lead. She had almost about the same amount of. Well, I guess John Travolta had more screen time than she did, but like I know because their story in that film was 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 pretty much that was John Travolta's main story. So I guess you could you could argue like if John Travolta got a Best Actor, then she she might have deserved a Best Actress. Samuel L. Jackson, he. He's the yeah. lead. Is he not the lead? I know it starts with Travolta, but Jackson's the most menacing in that opening scene. He has the monologue at the end. So, best supporting actor, um, Robin, who won? Mm, Martin Landau won, and he won it. He won it in about October. You know, it was a, it was a done deal. So was I do think he's very good in that. In, in Edward, just kind of, it was just brilliant. You know, this yeah. was of Bella Lugosi that, that we didn't really see that his later life what what a mess he was and it's like yeah but that that would win today as well probably. mr gosi i i know you're very busy but um can i have your autograph certainly you know which movie of yours i love mr Lugosi? the invisible ray you were great as karloff sidekick Karloff? Sidekick? Fuck you! Karloff does not deserve to smell my shit! That limey cocksucker can rot in hell for all I care! What happened? How dare that asshole bring up Karloff? You think it takes talent to play Frankenstein? It's all on makeup and then grunting! Who else was... Nominated. Uh, Gary Sinise for Forrest Gump, Chas mm. Palminteri for Bullets Over Broadway, and Paul Schofield, who's like a beloved actor, has been around for decades for Quiz Show. Um, yeah. Well, I think people what... are expecting more from Quiz Show, the actors. I think they're expecting some actors to get in as well, like John Turturro, for example. Um, it didn't, didn't happen in the end. Yeah. The other thing I will say about Forrest Gump is, though, that Sally Field 
was a nomination. Yes. I found yeah. that astonishing. Uh, had it been, it would have equaled the 14 nominations. But I, I was, I still, it's one of them things where I think she was nominated. I have to look and check and she wasn't. And I still can't believe she wasn't nominated for that because she, she's so... Yes, yeah, definitely. I definitely oh. think... Okay. Also, uh, like Robin, Robin Wright in that in Forrest Gump as well. Oh yeah, like, mm-hmm. absolutely. Playing, so, um, you, you just kind of expect you almost ex- just because of the popularity of Forrest Gump at the time, you'd almost expect almost like acting nominations across the board. And that would have been the record then, wouldn't it? That would have been like beat everything. And then best supporting actress. Yeah, uh, another done deal as well. Diane yeah. Weist for Boots of a Broadway. She'd won previously for for a Woody Allen film. Woody Allen supporting players do really well at the Oscars. Mm. You know the, yeah. the the amount of winners you can count. Um, yeah, she was always. I think she was always the favourite. Like Martin Landau. I think it was just written that year. Jennifer Tilly was also nominated for the same film. Um, Helen Mirren, who I mentioned. Madness of King George, Buzz, um, Uma Thurman, the Pulp Fiction, but then there was Rosemary Harris for Tom and Viv. So there was two for Tom and Viv. So that film somehow pleased some a lot of members of the Academy because I know it wasn't well, very well reviewed. But I was just also looking up and up, uh, this, you know, the last Seduction, which came out this year, I think is an excellent um, film with a strong female lead. She, I think the film was like on TV or something like that. Oh, right. But, uh, like, no, it wasn't meant to be a TV film. It was aired. And so they, like, just said, no, you can't win an Academy Award. So she couldn't even get nominated for that. It's a bit silly, I think. But then you got Interview the Vampire. I'll quickly mention that, you know, supporting actress. I know Kirsten Dunst was massive at the time. Everyone loved her. But are they going to give an Oscar to another kid after the piano? Probably not. You know, you've got... This not Oscar narrative, which I, I hate the term, but there's always a story behind everything, and she's probably my favourite spot actually. The year Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, she's she just brilliant. steals the film. She's not <laughs> even, so but she just takes it from Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. Oh, Tom Cruise is also excellent. Lion King should have been. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We can't forget about that. <laughs> I'm also surprised that oh, Shawshank Redemption didn't win for best adapted screenplay. Yeah, it is one of the best adapted screenplays ever. It, yeah. If you read the book, and I've got the screenplay. Oh, it's just such a great screenplay. I see you two all the time. You're thick as thieves you are. He must have said something. Also, Martin. Not a word. Lord, it's a miracle! Man up and vanished like a fart in the wind. Nothing left but... Damn rocks on the windowsill. And that cupcake on the wall. Let's ask her. Maybe she knows. What say there, fussy britches? Feel like talking? Ah, guess not. Why should she be any different? This is a conspiracy. That's what this is. One big damn conspiracy. And everyone's in on it. Including her. Yeah. That that did that win any of its nominations, Shawshank? I don't or think it, I think it blanked. None for seven, if I remember. Yeah. Thomas Newman, you know, Deakins. Look, Thomas Newman still hasn't won an Oscar for music. 
Astonishing. Yeah. It'll, it'll happen eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I say that. Do we think Lion King would have been to deal with like eight or nine nominees? I don't know, because they're not a bit odd about animated features, aren't they? That's true. Although, like, now with, like, Pixar movies, I know, like, Up was nominated and Toy Story 3 was nominated. So it could, like, today it might have a chance with the ten nominations to... It was massive as well. It was a massive film. I I think, like, The Lion King and Forrest Gump were, like, the two big big box office hits that year, so... What about you, Robin? What do you think should have... Um, I think, yeah, of the extended best picture, I think Lion King probably would have, because again, the competition wasn't great. You maybe have to add Bullets of a Broadway and Colours Red because the directors got in. Mm. Possibly Little Women, it's kind of an Oscar-y film. Madness of King George was, was had momentum. Personally, Three Colours Red is like right at the top of my list. Um, I think another film which Jeremy should know. Uh, a film called Exotica, which is by a Canadian filmmaker. Oh, uh, yes. At Omegion. It was really, really good. Well, that that film swept the Canadian Oscars that year. Yeah. There's oh. a Canadian Oscars? Oh, yeah. We're, it's called the, the Gemini Awards. Wow. This is We should be doing more about that. Canadian like, films do really like, well. It's like, <laughs> I guess it's like the BAFTAs, where you guys are. We, we oh, have... Yeah. We have Canadian Oscars, I guess. So, but no, Adam Agoyan is is a national treasure here. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've foreign films. There's a lot of foreign films I like, but Le- Leon, for me, would if I had to pick five, Leon would be in my top five. It's, I watched it recently, uh, literally weeks ago, when I wrote about Natalie Portman. It still stands out. Uh, I, I got something totally different from it. I don't know what it was. I just watched it as like. Like, it's, like, I'd not seen it before. The reason I don't... Well, I do like Forrest Gump, but the reason... The things I don't like about it, the th- I think, are the reasons why it won. It's like that, that sort of saccharine sentimentality, like, mm. kind of romanticised to the to the limits that it was. Uh, I almost found it quite manipulating. The, I've watched it several times, and I still find it... I admire it, technically. I think some of the stuff in it is incredible, the music... I mean, that, I'm always humming them, and I get really, whenever I see a feather, I'm like, <laughs> you know, um, I can't fault the acting, you know, but I think the, the approach... Kind of glosses quite, over things as glossy, well. Yeah, and I think it was yeah. quite polarised at the time, believe it or not. I think there was a lot of people that said, you know, US history, you know, taking the piss a little bit, and the Forrest Gump and the representation of women, because Jenny represents another part of America... Just because of the character that she plays, that, that kind of liberal, you know, uh, free-spirited, and she gets all the diseases and suicide and uh, treated like shit for for that. So it's it's a weird perspective on America. I think the way you see it, like, because Forrest Gump, who's the hero of the film, yeah. like when you contrast it to Jenny, Forrest Gump character who who kind of does what he's told. And he doesn't really have a lot of free thought just because of his of his intelligence level. But he like he like joins the army without thinking of it, and he um, uh, he becomes like this Vietnam War hero and um, like passively as well. Yeah, passively, and and um, and it's almost like that conservative 
point of view where, you know, you know, if you keep your head down and then just do what you're told, uh, you get successful. Like, he becomes a billionaire with a shrimp fat, shrimp corporation. And then, <laughs> and then compared to Jenny, who is like this, this, as you say, is like a free, freewheeling hippie girl. And she gets punished for, for choosing that lifestyle. And, and, and it's not until the end when she chooses Forrest to, to get married and she's going to die. <laughs> and that, that, you know, it's sort of like a, re- a redemption for her suddenly to, to, to be with him. So, so I understand that, that perspective, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I feel like with Forrest Gump, it's kind of a film where um, it's trying too hard. It's trying too hard to to tick all the right boxes, and I think. But it worked, though, didn't it? That's, yeah. That's what yeah. I didn't like. I, I can't deny it. His mm. worst best picture winners, absolutely, especially around that time. Mm. Um, but you can see exactly why. It probably ticked every possible. I mean, Tom Hanks even had a beard at one point. That's a good indicator of winning. Also. <laughs> you get a beard. It's got everything historical, America. You know, they really just fell for it. Uh, and it's not a bad film. I just. But at the end, when he's at the grave, Tom Hanks, like, that scene, like, I probably will cry if I watch that scene. He pulls it out there and all the gimmicks, everything oh, yeah. dis- disappears. So, yeah, 1994. That was, that was the year. Like, I would also put in um, the three colors red, uh, for sure. And I think, um, and I, I, and I think I would Ed Wood in there because I do, I do think it's, it's probably my favorite Tim Burton film. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just like wanted to put in a wild card because I, it's my, it's a personal favorite from that year with the Hudsucker proxy, which which is my favorite Coen Brothers uh, comedy. It's I, I just think it's brilliant in a lot of ways. So I just wanted to put that in there. That was it. I think that's all I've got. Uh, Antonioni, Michelangelo Antonioni won an honorary Oscar. Oh, yes. One of the greatest directors ever lived. Yeah. And guarding the reception, uh, it was up 7% from the year previously. And I think 81 million total viewers... So it was the most watched Oscar telecast uh, since 1983. Oh, really? Gosh. Mm, it was a big numbers. Didn't know that. I guess because like Forrest Gump was a pretty big movie, so I think a lot of people probably just recognized it. And, so. uh, if only they could get those numbers now. 